Arizona, Arizona Sports, the local sports, local leader. sports leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, yeah. brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. Here we go with the top stories of the day on the Burns and Gambo show, a little thing we like to call the 4 o'clock reset. This is where you go to get caught up on everything going on in sports, and we're going to start with another loss for the Phoenix Suns. Losers last night to the Cleveland Cavaliers, 90-88 to to fall to 20-19 and on the season. But they played hard. They did. We're looking for small victories. We're looking for whatever we can get out of this team right now because they're not giving us much in the win column. I, I did Better than being see, down 32 to the Knicks. I did want to see them play hard, play with an edge. They did. They Got kept it. it competitive. They just couldn't finish it at the nope, end. Nope. They had a 10-point lead at one point in the second half. But, you know, in the end, Donovan Mitchell makes a big pass to Mobley. knocks down the jumper after Landry Shamit had tied it with a three, but which was preceded by Donovan Mitchell hitting a three. And the Suns had a final shot to tie it, and Mikael Bridges missed a short jump shot. Yep, so they finished the road trip 1-5. and five. Memphis, remarkably, was the only win on that trip. They've lost 7 of their last 8, 12 of their last 16. 2-8 without Booker. 2-8 two two, without Booker. 2-9 if you count in Denver, which I kind of do because they only played like 4 minutes, minutes in that okay. game, right? Currently 8th in the NBA's Western Conference. They return home. They take on the Miami Heat tomorrow night. For one of the last times this season, let's get an update on the Arizona Cardinals. We heard from Vance Joseph today, who confirmed he signed a contract extension this past summer. No specifics were given. He said it was for a couple of years. He was asked if the coaching staff has been reassured they'll be back next year. Here's what he said. I have not, um, but I'm not worried about that. Obviously, um, that's part of the business. You know, we're coaching to win a game on Sunday. And um, if it works out, we'll come back with a plan in the offseason to kind of fix everything because it's fixable. But we have not been uh, reassured of that. And that's okay. Yeah, you can't okay. assure Van Joseph he's coming back and not tell Cliff Kingsbury anything. That wouldn't go very well. So you have to make all these decisions at once. And if you're going to fire the head coach, then you're basically going to let the entire staff go. I mean, it will be up to the new coach to decide if he wants to bring any of those guys back or retain any of those guys. But, uh, you know, if you're going to hire a guy like a Sean, like Sean Payton, he's going to bring in his own staff. You're not going to... Maybe there's somebody that he likes on this staff that he keeps, but he's not going to keep half the staff. Look, Vance Joseph is a really smart guy. Vance Joseph has been fired before. Vance Joseph gets it. And I think 95% of coaches get it, too. They understand. They understand that they are in a profession where they're going to get fired, right? At some point, it happens to all of them, every single one of them, multiple times over the course of a career. That's the gig. That's part of it. And he was very matter-of-fact about all of that, I thought, when he met with the media today. Of course, this game against San Francisco is also J.J. Watt's final game in his illustrious NFL career. Last night, HBO's hard. Knox gave us a little look at him during the recent episode. For these last 12 years in the NFL, every single offseason, every training camp, every season, I've poured everything into this game. And I've probably neglected important things in my life because of it. I've probably missed out on great opportunities because of it. But that's what I was willing to do to try and be great at this game. Was the first ever defensive touchdown in Houston Texans playoff history great? Absolutely. Was a three-sack game awesome? Yes. But anytime anybody asks me what my favorite memory of playing in the NFL is, it will never be a play. It will never be a touchdown, a sack. It will always be the people and the relationships and the experience. 
TV guy afterwards or no? I think so. I think so. I I, I can really easily see him on a, in a studio show somewhere, you know, yeah. like a halftime show. once a week. Pre-game show, post-game sure. show. That, that's right. very popular, very well-spoken. Yep. I, 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 think I haven't heard that yet, but I would, have, nobody, I would assume that he would have a job waiting for him. I would think so, too. And that seems to be where he would end up. Nothing official yet on the injury report for this game against San Francisco, but according to our own Tyler Drake, Kelvin Beecham and James Conner were back at practice today. The running back, though, stood off to the side during drills with his helmet off. No Zayvon Collins, no Robbie Anderson, no Jonathan Ledbetter or Antonio Hamilton or Chris Banjo. Meanwhile, 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel could return after being injured in week 14, potentially. It says that he's getting, look, yeah, that uh, that gruesome ankle injury. He's not going to play unless he's 100%. So he got carted off the field in week 14. There was some thought that maybe he could return for this finale from that that high ankle sprain. Uh, But then, you know, they're not going to push it and hurt him before the playoffs. So they'll be interested. I'm sure they'd like to get him back. Uh, but if he does come back, they're saying, look, he's got to be close to 100% for him to be able to come back and play. And once again, if you're not aware, for the 49ers, there is very much an opportunity for them to claim the number one seed in the NFC this weekend. They would have to beat the Cardinals and they would have to get the Giants to beat the Eagles. Both of those games are on exactly the same time. So neither team will have an advantage over the other when it comes to knowing what happened and knowing the outcome. You would think on the surface, San Francisco would play to win with a shot at getting the number one seed, but they might also be scoreboard watching, and if Philly gets up by three touchdowns, maybe they call off the dogs. I don't know. Well, we'll especially see. with the way Philly's played recently. They're reeling, so you might think you've got a chance. I would expect they to go out there and play hard until, like you said, they, they know the outcome of the game in Philly. All right, so headlines around the NFL. We passed along the news in the last segment. I'll bring it up here again in case we've got a new audience. DeMar Hamlin is neurologically intact and showing improvement, according to his doctors. They held a press conference today. He's communicating with doctors. He's holding hands. He's He sells the tube in his throat, and so he's only writing down notes. He's not speaking yet, but his oxygen levels, everything's improving, and most importantly, so his great. brain functions appear to be yeah. normal. Uh, you, you couldn't ask for anything more. I mean, uh, prayers are answered right there. There has been no announcement by the NFL regarding anything permanent with Bills, Bengals, though it would seem as if the momentum right now is leaning towards they're just going to outright cancel that game and all of the fallout that would come from just Don't canceling like that it, game. Don't um, like yeah, it, but that was always an option we talked about. Titans have removed running back Derrick Henry from their injury report. He's ready to play in Saturday's AFC South deciding game against the Jags. Yeah, all four. I'm rooting for the Jags. Let's go. I would be too. Titus in Tennessee get in there and lose. Put the Jaguars in there. Yeah, good for Christian Kirk. Get into the postseason again. Trevor Trevor Lawrence is one of those quarterbacks that I think is past Kyler Murray. He has played very well. Yeah, who would you rather have right now? Honestly, Trevor Lawrence or Kyler Murray? Who would you pick? I would pick Trevor Lawrence. A lot of people would. I think a lot of people Lamar Jackson and out of practice again today, Ravens head coach John uh, John Harbaugh would not comment on his playoff availability. Of course, for the Ravens, they they it's kind of a must-win game for them this week against the Cincinnati Bengals if they want to have a shot at winning the North. Well, actually, it might not, depending on what happens with the game they're not going to make up. Lamar Jackson might not be available for the Ravens this postseason. John Harbaugh would not comment on that at yeah, all. Yeah, now you get into the talk of, you know, they got a franchise tag them and work on a new contract because he never got that contract extension done. Statement from Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh on his future after speculation about him making a return to the NFL. Quote, while no one knows what the future holds, I expect 
that I will be enthusiastically coaching Michigan in 2023, close quote. I expect to be. I expect. Worded it very carefully. Yes. But you have to, you know, what you don't want to do is you don't want to drag anything out because, you know, with the portal and everything now, guys, you don't want guys to think you're leaving and then all of a sudden, okay, coach isn't going to be here, so I'm bolting, I'm going to leave. And you're also trying to get other players to come in. You're always recruiting. So, you know, you've got, you can't let that drag out for weeks. You've got to say something. So he's saying, I expect the coach Michigan. That should help a little bit. Sorry to me and cut you off. Speaking of the portal and speaking of ASU, they lost another one of their better players from a year ago, kicker Carter Brown. Yeah, he was good. Announced he'll be entering the transfer portal. He was a perfect 33 of 33 on extra points. He made 11 of his 14 field goal attempts in a season long of 53. He was good. He was very good. He was. One special teams player of the conference, I think twice this past year. Yeah, he was good. Now, what's interesting is that our buddy Jay Feely's son, Jace, Jace Feely, had also announced his intentions to leave the program by entering the transfer portal. Does this change Does his he come mind? back now? Now that the kicker that he basically lost out on the job too is we should be able to be in the portal. We should just be able to text Bill and ask. This should be able to be one of the easiest stories you've ever broken. Does but your you might kid want to give it come a back now? It's <laughs> <laughs> just simple. Does your kid does come your back? Kid now? Let's go. Come back now. That's it. That's, does your kid come back now? <laughs> that should be easy to find out. Speaking of ASU, two local men's college basketball games on tap tonight. Let's ASU go. hosting Washington State. Bad Washington State team. Six and nine overall. One and three in the Pac-12. They've uh, Lost four consecutive road games. So ASU coming off of that tough loss at home to Arizona. They got behind really big. Then they came back, cut it to two. But Arizona was just too much for them. So ASU against Washington State. We will be off a tad early for that game. We'll be wrapping up at 5.30 tonight. Tip-off is at 6 o'clock. And then U of A ranked number five in the country. I've seen a lot of early bracketologies that say they're a number one seed right now. If the season were to end, they host Washington tonight. Coming off their win against ASU. Not a very good Washington team either. Um, they've dropped three in a row. Lost to Auburn, USC, and UCLA by a combined 61 points. They're 0-2 on the road. And U of A doesn't lose at home. They don't lose at home. They've got, like a, what is it, a 25-game winning streak at McHale? So should be a should be a win for should be a win for both of them. Both ASU and U of A should win today. Coyotes back in action tonight. They're taking on the Flyers at 5 o'clock. You'll hear that on ESPN Bobby Clark is not walking through that door. Neither is Bill Barber. Is Andrew Chafin walking through that door for the Arizona Diamondbacks? Listen, I, I, I think there are some internal discussions going on right now from what I've heard about possibly bringing him back. Now, I don't know if that means they've kicked the tires on him and made any calls, but I think that that, that is a name. He has not signed with anybody yet. He's a good, the sheriff. He's a good quality left-handed relief pitcher. I do think there are internal uh, discussions going on right now about possibly bringing Andrew Chafin back. We'll see, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, we'll see where that ends up as well when we come back on the Burns and Gamble Show. First, let me remind you, because this is an important message here. Christmas through New Year's Day is the lowest week of the year for blood donations, and January is the highest blood usage month of the year for patients. So please consider making a blood donation on Sunday, January 8th, at Vitalant's Saving Arizona Blood Drive. Schedule your appointment now at vitalant.org slash save AZ. When we come back, the Suns may need to turn their focus to next season already, and if that's the case, is it time for them to go at the king? We'll talk about it next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
Welcome back as we're live from the auction community studios here on the Burns in Gambo show. This season is still very much on the minds when it comes to the Phoenix Suns. We had James Jones on yesterday, and you asked him if the trade deadline coming up, it's still like five weeks away, if the team is going to look different post-trade deadline. I just think how, how we play from here going forward determines a lot. Um, I, I wouldn't project. I can't tell you what it looks like, but I do know. You know, we we have aspirations of of, of being a, a good team, and in order to do that, you have to perform consistently well. We just haven't done that, so it's it's not you know, an alarm for us. But we're conscious that you know we we have goals of winning titles and and, and being a contender and, and winning a lot of games, and so the things that we focus on and, and the moves that we make in the future will align with that. But I, you know what? And I'm listening to that again. Well, for like the first time since yesterday, I'm struck by what he said at the beginning, the very beginning of that. It kind of depends on how we play. You know, kind of depends on. It kind of depends on what happens. I'll, I'll play. I'll just play the first five seconds again. I just think how how we play from here going forward determines a lot. Yeah, it's, yeah, it does. Right, because because so you got a get, month of the trade deadline. I think is February 9th. I think that's the trade deadline. So. There's no, you don't need to make any commitment right now. Let's see how we play. Look, maybe book book doesn't come back, or he has a setback, or we just continue to fall and fall and fall. And at that point, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Again, it's 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 the two windows. You don't want to. You don't want to rob Peter to pay Paul. I don't want to take out a window two and that ability to try to help a window one if window one's not going to go anywhere. Window one is right now. Window two is the future. You are correct. The NBA trade deadline is Thursday, February ninth. Yeah. So how does the team do between now and then? Cool, yeah. Right. Will dictate an awful lot in terms of their because they, they might just look around and go, you know what, this season is just not worth it. It's just not worth it to go making that trade, which is why. I think the story that we both saw yesterday, and just frankly didn't get a chance to talk about, I think is much more of a window two story than it is a window one story. This story is not about making a trade, the one that we're about to share with you, is not about making a trade to salvage this season. It's about taking advantage of the second window next year. There was a story on The Ringer. NBA predictions for 2023. Now, they didn't say for the rest of the season. They meant literally for the calendar year of 2023. So at any point during the next calendar year, what might happen? Number 14 on their list, the Suns will make a king-sized splash. And they write, the Suns have a new owner who in all likelihood will want to do everything in his power to keep the team's current championship window open as long as possible. If a star becomes available, some combination of DeAndre Ayton, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, and a sign-and-trade, and all of those picks would be an attractive package for any team that isn't looking to bottom out. He mentions Carl Anthony Towns, which I'm not excited about. I don't think you would be either, no, but, but that no, might be no. a guy who's available. Please no. Jimmy Butler from the Heat. Pascal Siakam from the Toronto Raptors. Okay, that's the... No, no, there's yeah, a guy. That's There's a guy. That's a guy. We, we talked about this yesterday. That's a guy that if Toronto bottoms out, that is my first phone call. What is it going to take to get him on my roster? And I think he's under contract for a while, Two right? more years. Two more years. Two more years after this one. Yeah, so... Get Absolutely. Him. Get him. Because he is your legit running mate next to Devin Booker that can... Yeah, I'm a big fan. Fan is. Ter- terrific player. Really good player. Physical. 
gets to the line, is comfortable with being what, kind of the number two guy. What is that? Getting to the line. <laughs> what does that mean? I've heard rumors. So there's there's this what line. This thing? There's a so line. There's this stripe. Right. It's 15 feet away from the basket. Okay. And if you're fouled, yeah, you're allowed to stand at the line with nobody in your way if you're, and shoot a free shot. If you're fouled. Yes. If you're what fouled. Is, what does that mean? Well, if somebody, if you initiate contact and somebody yeah. hits you on the arm yeah. or with their body. Never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this might be one of the dumbest shows on radio. <laughs> well, I mean, the man doesn't know what the dumb free throw. The Suns don't go to the free throw line. <laughs> I'm playing off of the fact that they don't shoot any free throws. I know, but you were acting dumb, so. Yeah, even, because I'm even like, when you're playing don't pretend, go to the, What's e- a free throw? I don't know. I'm even, a Suns fan. I don't know what a free throw is. Even when you're playing pretend dumb, we still have to call you out. There's, right. There's another name that they mention in this. LeBron. 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 In addition to Jimmy Butler, in addition to Pascal Siakam, in addition to Carl Anthony Towns, they write, or what about the Lakers and LeBron James? Okay, so now you run into this this category, right? Would you would you, would you mortgage all your draft picks for LeBron or Siakam? <laughs> I'm serious. No, it's a great question. No, I'm laughing because it's a really good LeBron question. LeBron is a, your chances of winning a champ, because, okay, say you bring Chris Paul back and you, you go all in on LeBron. You've got one year to win it all. One year. Then Chris is gone. LeBron and LeBron. Look, I mean, at some point he's going to hit a wall. What do you do? You extend window two because next this window is at the end of this year. This window is closing no matter what. Then you it's the Chris Paul window. And then yes. you're into window two, but you might create a se- a separate window that is another window one. It's a LeBron window. It's like an extension of window right. one. You're you're extending window one. by You're going to trade LeBron. somewhere you're, between three and five draft picks. Would you rather have Siakam or LeBron? Siakam. So now you're just you're extending that window for five years. Siakam. I'd rather have or Siakam. two years plus if you keep them. Yep. Because because here's the thing that we learned about Chris Paul mm-hmm. this year. When you get old, you get old quick. And LeBron, he's defied it. Those commercials of him fighting Father Time are hilarious. I love them. They're funny. At some point, he's going to lose that battle. He's going to. He's going to lose that battle. I'd rather have the player who's got time on his side. One guy's under contract for two years. You'd have to think about it. You'd have to more than think about extending them. You'd probably have to extend them. You'd have to max them out. You'd have to. But I think a Booker-Siakam duo, given their age and how they would complement each other, is perfect. I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. What if it's less to get LeBron? What if it's... Then that's a different four conversation. For, you know, three or four firsts for Siakam compared to one or two for LeBron. If I can keep more of my core together, make my complimentary players truly complimentary guys and add LeBron, then I might be more inclined to do that. If I can keep some of my chips closer to me, then I might be more inclined to. But if you're talking about a deal where I have to give up roughly the same in assets to get one versus the other, Siakam every day that ends Okay, in let life. me take this one more angle. Sure. Because I heard... On the Bickley and Murata show on my way to the, my workout this morning, I heard them mention this. Does Mikhail become more expendable with the the more you know about Mikhail hmm. and the more he shows an inability to be that guy, does he become more expendable? Like he's a good player. He's a good player. He's not a great player. He's a good player. Every time you've asked him to step up and be a scorer, he hasn't really been able to do it. Maybe once he's done it. 
These three for 15 games that he has, does it make it more... Does he become a little bit more expendable because he can never really, you kind of believe that he can never kind of be that that 1A guy? The cold hard truth is yes, he does. By a little bit. The hard part about that is if you do get, he is perfectly suited to be a third best guy on your team. Yes. And if you get Siakam with Booker and he goes back to his normal role of being your third or fourth best guy, he's great. It's only when you ask him to step up to one or two when he's not great. You had asked specifically about McHale, mm-hmm. and I think it makes him a little bit more expendable, yes. I, I, I still think of the two, DeAndre Ayton is way ahead of McHale on the expendability list. I think DeAndre Ayton, like, that, that's, that's the one I would try to These, move off of because I'm just tired of having the conversation about DeAndre and, and everything that comes with DeAndre. Like, to me, if, if we're, which one is more expendable than the other? DeAndre, by a mile. These rangy wings who could defend multiple positions are a so gold important. mine in the NBA. They're so important. But, but to answer your, in a vacuum, if we're just having the conversation about Mikel, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I feel like we've sort of seen, the limits to what he can do. And I know he's a young player, but we've, I, I think we've kind of seen who, what Mikel Bridges is best at. If you're holding on to him thinking that he's going to be something better than there that. There are limitations to his game. I think there are limitations. Mm-hmm. I think those have been revealed this year. You're right. Perfect scenario. Like him is the number three guy behind Booker and Siakam. You don't have to be a scorer. Or, or, or him and LeBron. Oh my gosh. Mikel is the number three guy with Devin Booker and LeBron. And that's why oh. if you traded him... And to get enough, like he is perfectly suited if you just get him back to what his normal role is. Take at eight to ten shots a game, play great defense, and he's a he's a terrific player. Terrific. Yeah. When we come back on the Burns in Gambo show, you can uh, of course, as always, text us your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. If DeAndre Hopkins is indeed traded this offseason, who are some of his best and most likely suitors? That's next, Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Let's get an update on our Twitter poll question of the day to the soundtrack of Vampire Weekend. Here is our own Eric Ruby. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, what's got for us, Rubes? Well, we are putting on our crystal ball. I'm not putting on the crystal ball. <laughs> We're putting on the hat. We're, we're looking putting, at the crystal ball. We're putting ball. on our crystal ball hat. Like I yeah. said, go ahead. Play the cut, Mitch. Go ahead. Play the cut. Hold on. I know you've got it. We're putting, we're putting one on. of the dumbest shows on radio. There you go. We're putting the crystal yeah. ball on our head. Yeah, we're putting we're the crystal ball on. Balance you know it precariously. There's the boot. <laughs> I was thinking of uh, the old late night talk show guy who did the envelope to the head. The Karnak thing. Yeah, yeah, Johnny yeah, Carson. Yeah. I was trying to do a joke about that along with the crystal ball and put it on your head, but then I meshed them all together. But I then, take some of the responsibility for bringing everybody down a little the bit. The brain damage. Nah. But then you remembered we are the dumbest show on radio. And you're, and you're right. You I know what? Home. Instead of making a Karnak Johnny Carson joke, I'm going to put a crystal ball on my head. Right. I just wanted Gambo to feel not alone. You know? <laughs> Thank I, you. I figured we could play the sound bite for somebody else. But the... <laughs> you know what? That's just the kind of branding our bosses want us to have going into 2023. We are the dumbest show you're going to listen mm. to. Welcome to the Burns and Gambo show. 
What is it? What do they do in the morning show? That's the it's the best show on radio. We're the best show on radio, right? Isn't that how they open the Bickley and Murata show? We're the dumbest show on radio. Welcome to the Burns and Gambo Which show. Which one would you rather listen to? This is the dumbest show. <laughs> <laughs> Which one would you rather listen to? I don't know. The best or the dumbest? Mm. We got a poll question? I'm sorry, I yeah, got lost. That's actually yeah. the poll question. That's you a, which one would you no. rather listen to, poll the best question, or the dumbest? Uh, talking about the best, the Cardinals will not have the number one pick, will not have the best pick in this draft, but it's going to be up there. They're currently slated at the fourth spot. Now, this is not an option to stay the same, but are they more likely to drop, a.k.a. go down to five or six, or move up after week 18? So we're saying if you can't, pick, they're going to stay at four as an option. What is more likely to happen? They they move down in the draft, they move up in the draft. I think it's more likely they move up in the draft. For two reasons. One, they're not beating San Francisco. I just don't think they're beating San Francisco. No. Uh, although, as you tempting the fate from the football gods earlier by saying, wouldn't that just be the most, yeah, it would be the most cardinal thing ever uh, for them to do that. And number two, Denver is one of those teams that would have to win for the Cardinals to jump him. Denver's got no incentive to lose. They don't get the pick. It goes to Seattle. And they're playing a Chargers team that, quite frankly, doesn't, doesn't have, have a ton to play, to play for? for this weekend. Yeah, They can't get home field advantage. They can improve seeding a little bit, but not a lot. I, if anything, I think they move up and maybe pick third when it's all said and done. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Third would be awesome, by the way. Third oh, would be yeah. awesome uh, if as long they could as, finish there. Yeah. I, third would be great. It's, if you if they're fourth and Indianapolis is fifth, you're still in a really good spot. Totally agree. Totally agree. I'm just saying, but third gives you the option of maybe getting one of those two defensive studs, right? If you wanted to, right? Uh, Rubes, what's the uh, update so far? It's about an 80-20 split in favor with what you guys are going for. Seventy nine point two percent saying that pick goes up. The Broncos will win. The Cardinals will lose. Twenty point eight percent saying that pick goes down. You know what? You know what three does. It gives you leverage in in, in bluffing. I'm not, I've got two stud. I, it gives you that's, leverage that's in bluffing. Point. That's a great point. Yeah, it gives, hey, you, it gives you the cards to be able to bluff if you wanted to. Yeah, you're offering me like you're gonna have to give me more if I'm gonna pass on this generational player. Like, yes. I, it gives you great really point. good bluffing ability. It is a it is a great point because there are two generational players. That is believed to be there at two and three. I mean, guys that look, if they end up with the third pick in the draft, we are going to have multiple conversations before the draft about whether yeah. the Cardinals should just stay there and take one of those guys. Yeah. They're that good. Okay. Yeah. Jalen Carter and Will Anderson are the mm-hmm. two kids. And if you are picking in the top, if you're picking third, you can tell every team that's calling you to get to go. I'm going to want me to pass on Jalen Carter. You're going to have to give me more. Like you, like for me to give up on this guy, like this could be Lawrence Taylor. Like I'm, you're gonna have to, and you can really mean that. Where at four, and those two guys are gone, you lose a little bit of that bluffing ability. That is why I number this is three. Why, you know what? We're not a dumb show. <laughs> it's a pretty smart show. You that's know, pre- usually that's pretty bright right there. The the dumb people aren't calling themselves dumb. They're pretending to be smart. <laughs> yeah. So we're getting yeah. out ahead of it. Right, we're just bluffing you. We're really, we're really smart. See, I'm dumb because I didn't understand a word you just said. What? Huh? What, pretended we're dumb, dumb pretending dumb, to be smart. Then, if they're dumb, then they're not smart enough to realize. You know. Oh. You get what oh, I'm saying? If you're okay, going around saying, you're, saying you're dumb, dumb people don't call themselves dumb. We're not that dumb of a show. We have our moments, but. Right. You try doing live radio for four hours every day and not say something dumb. 
Right. <laughs> you, you give it a shot. Let us, know, let us know how it works out for you. Chances are you're going to say something dumb, too. It's just a just a thought. DeAndre Hopkins, yesterday, uh, the last couple of days, we've talked about He's been ruled out for the game he's not going to play. There is a ton of Captain Obvious level speculation that DeAndre Hopkins might be done with the Arizona Cardinals. Might demand a trade, might ask out, that the Cardinals might be willing to oblige him on that, given the return that you could possibly get for a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. I saw a tweet today from uh, a verified Twitter user who, quite frankly, I'm not familiar with, but I was interested in the guy who kind of co-signed on the idea. His name is Jason Moore. He's co-host of a football podcast. Podcast, and he tweeted out today the Chicago Bears should trade a haul for DeAndre Hopkins. Josh Allen's Bills and Jalen Hurts' Eagles did not regret giving up a haul for Diggs or A.J. Brown. The Bears have the capital, cap space, and quarterback prospect to make a huge splash. Greg Rosenthal is one of the lead writers over at NFL.com, and he responded and he said, Dang, this makes realistic sense. Going to uh, going to be a new regime in Arizona who are going to want picks. Now that's just one, but th- but that's one of those teams you look at and you say you're not a player away. Wouldn't the team that trade? Wouldn't you expect that the team that trades for Hopkins is one of those teams? We've talked about it. Like if you're the Packers, the if Packers you're, or New England, and you just feel like you feel like I'm one dyna- dynamic offensive player away. The Bears have three wins, probably a, a terrible football team, probably. But I, I, more than anything, it. I use that tweet as kind of a launching pad to suggest that if DeAndre Hopkins is available, there should be teams that would look at a, a, a wide receiver like that and say, yeah, we'll give you a bunch of picks for that guy. Be it the Bears, be it somebody. It doesn't I, have to be the right. Bears. It can be a half dozen teams. I think the who, Bears go ahead, who look at Hopkins the way the Bills looked at Diggs, the way the Eagles looked at A.J. Brown as we're that dude away from being great. It might not be the Bears. You might be right. If you're just talking about a second round pick and you're not talking about a whole bunch of picks for Hopkins then the Bears are going to have the upper hand because their pick's going to be better than everybody else's. Okay, their second-round pick's going to be better than New England's or Green Bay's or anybody like that. So that might be an advantage if you lure a team like Chicago in. And look, one draft pick, second-round pick, whoever has the best second-round pick, that's who I trade them to. Like, that could be your advantage there is that they're going to have a better second-round pick than New England, Green Bay, and everybody else. What was the A.J. Brown trade? Do you remember off the top of your head? Oh, it was was a pretty good haul. Uh, The Titans traded Brown to the Eagles for the number 18 and number 101 overall picks in the 2022 draft. 18 and 101? Wasn't there another pick? 101. Uh, No, I think it was just the two. Just the two picks? Okay. I think it was just the two. What was the other one that got? Oh, Stephon Diggs. Stefan Diggs trade. God, Google's great. Um, the Vikings traded star receiver Stefan Diggs to Buffalo for the number 22 overall pick, which the Vikings used on Justin Jefferson out of LSU. I would say that wow. one worked out really, really well. Wow. Yeah. So the know. thing with the with AJ Brown is then you had to re-sign him. So that was the other thing with A.J. Brown, right? Well, and that might you, be the thing that with was Hop, why too. The, That's probably why he wasn't as big. Yeah, you had to redo. You had to give him a, a new contract. You, 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 that's the same thing with Hop, too, is you might have you to redo that contract. You can't keep him under the contract. You know, you, you can't. So, if he gets the contract, he's, what, $31 million against the cap next year. You're going to have to restructure it, and he's going to want guaranteed money anyway. Um, but it, it's the the overall arching theme here is that 
it makes a lot of sense on the surface. Now, I know, and, and Kyle Odegaard and others have been kind of tweeting about this throughout the course of the day. Trading DeAndre Hopkins, you have a giant cap hit, too, if you're the Cardinals. Okay, it's, I think he cited the number as being like $22 million if you trade him. Uh, so that's obviously not appetizing, to say the least. But if Hop asks out, and if Kyler Murray's going to miss three games, five games, six games, more games, is it really worth it? Have him around when you could use him as no. bait to get more picks for a yeah your cap is gonna suck up. for a year but that's probably what next year is gonna be anyway for this team take I would the cat take the cap hits load up on the draft picks and you know not that next year's a throwaway year but you know you you, I, you build towards 2024 i know you were on vacation did you watch the christmas night game with the bucks i watched some of it okay i did watch some. collinsworth not, I did watch some, yeah. Collinsworth alluded to that during the game, in which he said next year just might be one of those kind of salary cap take reset the cap, years the for the Cardinals. Hits. Yep. Bill, get, get the draft picks. Get build. the dead money out of your system. Clear it out. Yeah. And then hit 2024. Maybe hire Bill Armstrong to be the general manager of the Cardinals. <laughs> Man, there's nobody better at gathering draft picks than Bill Armstrong. He'll listen. He'll you'll, you'll have the next. You'll own the next five drafts. He'll trade. Children of his for draft everything. Picks. Yeah, just make Bill Armstrong the GM of the Cardinals and confirm that you'll one. you'll have you'll have seventeen first round draft picks in the next five years. We can talk with our next guest really about anything and everything because he covers anything and everything. We're talking about the co-host of the Sedano and Cap Show on ESPN seven ten LA NBA sideline reporter for ESPN George Sedano joins us next on the Burns and Gambo Show. And Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Back here with you on the Burns and Gambo show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is the second or third time we've had this gentleman on our show joining us in studio because he'll be doing sidelines for the NBA game tomorrow between the Suns and the Miami Heat. It is a pleasure to welcome from the Sedano and Cap show on ESPN 710 LA. George Sedano joining us here on Burns and Gambo. Good to see you, sir. Good to see you again in person. Great to finally meet you. Absolutely. And uh, we spoke on the phone last time. Tim Ring was in uh, with you last time. I think I had some vacation time. You got to get that in by the end of the year. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you got to get those, okay. those last yeah. few days. Well, that's in. right. The last time you were in, it, he was not. He wasn't in. Right. Yeah. Tim Ring was. You weren't here either when I came in the last time. You were home or you were working for somewhere else. I think. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I work from home like two, three times a yeah, month. Me too, dude. Yeah. Uh, more, two, three times a month. Two, I'm like two, three times a week. Two, three times a week. Yeah. Hey, two, George. three times a month. Don't give the man any ideas, okay? Well, yeah. Please, don't give I'm also him any on the ideas. road like 6,000 days a year, it feels like, so there's that part of the equation. But uh, I was listening to you guys coming in and talking about that Ringer article because we're going to talk about it as well on my show. Um, I, I felt like you guys were right on with what you were talking about. If you want the long-term approach, it is absolutely Siakam who you want. Um, but if you want like instant gratification, I do think LeBron is still playing at the peak of his powers. It just takes him a little while to ramp up to get to that place. I think LeBron would be if because you got the big decision is Chris next year. Oh, for sure, he's got a thirty million dollar contract that's only half guaranteed. Right. So if you want to get off of him, you could get off of him right. for fifteen million bucks. But not if you bring LeBron here. If you bring LeBron here, you're going to want to keep Chris. Correct. 
you know, we've just seen such a slippage with Chris this year to where he's not no longer a top 10 point guard in the league, but he'll show flashes like he did last night. He was really good. In New Orleans a couple weeks ago. It's flashes. Yeah. It's flashes, yeah. but it's not consistency yeah. anymore. And, yeah. you know, he made him play every minute of the game last night. What did he sit for? A minute and a half? Minute and a half? 40 minutes half? last That's night. Why. They had to because campaign had, right. the, had the foot injury. It's, uh, for, it's out of necessity, obviously. It's this yeah. window thing that we do, we do have a hard time with. You got window one, which is right now. Right. And you got window two, which is Booker, yeah. McHale, DA, right. Cam Johnson in the future. Yeah, but Plus, we all know DA is not really part of that window, let's be honest, right? Like, I, don't I, I, I don't know that for sure, but I mean, it feels obvious to me that they, I mean, they only matched so they could eventually deal him, I thought. You know you know why he could be a part of the window? Why? Nobody wants to pay him well, $30 million dollars a year. There's that. That's fair. So you've got to find, you know, if you say he's not part of the window, you've got to find somebody that says, I want to pay. Indiana did. But that was, but it took forever. Right. It but, took a month. Right. But for then, them to and do. they've also, they're talking about extending Miles Turner now. So that, but yeah. I mean, but, uh, and to your point, you only match that if you're the Suns because to let him walk for nothing oh, is for just sure. bad business. They want to pay 30 million. They don't want, they don't want to pay him $30 million. No. Nobody wants to, unless it's Embiid or Jokic, nobody wants to pay a set of $30 million anymore. Yeah. Give me Kevin Looney for 10 to 12. Yeah. I got a good player who can handle the position. Yeah. So that's, that's why they're in a tough spot with DA. Because you've got to find somebody that says, okay, I want to pay that guy $30 million. Right. If you look at the, the guys at center or who play the center position, because they're not all traditional centers by mm-hmm. our standards, right, how we grew up. But, um, right, you've got Jokic. I would put Giannis in that category. He's like a five, basically, in my opinion. Uh, Embiid, who are we missing here? Um, That's it. Embiid, Jokic. Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Bam Gobert, out of Iowa. Rudy Gobert. Gobert. Yeah. You know? No, not Rudy Gobert. I would say, like, there's a there's a tier one, which are the first three guys we mentioned, and then there's like a tier two, which is like Towns, Bam, Bam. is in that category where like if you're if they're like the top three guys on your roster, you're really good. You're a championship level team. I don't know if DeAndre is ever going to be in that category. So the for people who are just tuning in and didn't hear our conversation, there was a Ringer article in which they suggested one of their predictions for 2023 was that the Suns with a new owner would go for a king-sized trade. They mentioned Siakam. They mentioned LeBron. You're in L.A. every day. Mm-hmm. Is LeBron gettable at the end of the season? I think it depends. Okay, when he was when they lost at Miami last week, I don't know if you saw the story where he made some comments, basically saying uh, he was asked by my colleague Dave McMiniman about how much longer he wanted to play, and he said, "Well, look, you know, as long as my mind's right, I can make my body work. Right? Like I can put my body in the shape it needs to be in. It may take a little longer than normal some seasons, but like I can get there. And clearly, we've seen that recently. Yeah. But then he started to do the LeBron thing, which is normally passive aggressive." But this was like aggressive, aggressive. Okay, and he went out and basically said, "I don't want to just play basketball just to play basketball anymore. I'm. It's not in my DNA. I'm a winner. I want to win." And that was basically putting the Lakers on notice. Like, you better do something, or maybe I do hit the nuclear button. Yeah, right? But they're, they're so handcuffed with what they could do. Everybody wants those two picks they've got that they're trying to hold on to dear life for. And here's my opinion. So, Sporting News did a story recently about those two picks and they did a story about picks that were out you know that were traded five to seven years out which is the longest you can trade right the Suns had one of those picks and I think more than half of them were like 12 and below it was the Suns had Miami's pick right Right. the Suns had that and that got 
passed off like seven different times. Right. It was the Goran Dragic pick, yeah. I believe. Yeah. yeah. It was and, it was unprotected like six years later yeah. or something like yeah. that. And and but more than half the picks that were I think there was like twenty something of those picks, and more than half were twelve or lower. Like it's like, so what are you really getting with those picks? You don't know. When you're in the LeBron business, and I say this in LA all the time, and the Lakers don't love when I say this, but you got to push your chips to the table in the middle of the table every single chance you get, sure. because the window—that's why we hate them—is closed, is clo- or is closing. At, you know, every other, you know, every month, every year with that guy. Yeah. So you got to push your chips to the center of the table. That's the expectation with him. Yeah, and that's and that's to Campbell's point. That's why we hate the Lakers because the Lakers still do have that cachet around the league of guys want to go play there, they'll, guys want to win that's there. The point. They'll, they'll like they will they will make those sacrifices to go win a title in Los Angeles because they still have that that cachet, man. Trade those picks because you'll get the next guy because yeah. what you'll say, look, the Lakers went a long way, even though we all thought, I'm sure you guys did too, that it was a terrible idea to pay Kobe Bryant, may he rest in peace at the end of his career and give him that two-year extension worth $50 million because you were paying him for past performance and not future performance. It did help them in the court of public opinion amongst the players. I spoke to so many players during that time and after the fact that said, we love that the Lakers took care of Kobe. Guys like Dwayne Wade said it. Guys like LeBron said it. And I think that's part of the reason. It's not the whole reason, but a, a percentage that LeBron's like, I'll go to the Lakers because, A, I want to be global, right? I want to be LeBron the billionaire. B, I st- they can help me win championships because historically that's what they do. Most guys' wives want to go there. <laughs> and, right, that. And the other part is they take care of their yeah, own. Yeah, that brand is still so strong. But here they're not taking care of their own. And I think that could backfire on yeah. them if they do it to this guy. Like, I know he's not been one of their own forever like Magic and Kobe was, but he's still revered around the league. All these kids in this league, they grew up watching LeBron. The poster on the wall was LeBron now. Yeah. But if LeBron doesn't want to be there, there's nothing they can do about it. If he says, um, I want out. But he doesn't want to leave. He, he only will, I think he will only leave if they force his hand, basically, and don't do I anything. I don't know what they could do. The problem, we've run into this problem here in Phoenix. New Orleans, because of that trade, that right. Anthony Davis trade, New Orleans is going to be a juggernaut. Oh, my God. Wild. So good. Could okay. Be a monster. Memphis is, they're really young outside of Steven Adams, but they have, a, they have the ability to be really good. Yeah. Dallas has got all their chips on the table for after next year to get a superstar. That's why yeah. they didn't sign Brunson. Right. Because they didn't want to, yeah. they knew that they, we're going we're gonna to suck it up this year and then maybe next year, and then we're going to get a star to come play with Luca. Right. So, like, Golden State may go away. Phoenix. Phoenix is still going to be good yeah. even after Chris goes. So yeah. I don't know that what the Lakers could possibly do based on their salary situation right. to be able to help LeBron win a championship next year. But I think the West is so wide open right now. Nobody's like grabbing it. Like nobody. I look, I look at the West. The East is way better at the top this year. I yeah. don't think it's even close. Yeah, Boston and Milwaukee. Um, yeah, and by the way, I would even say like if Brooklyn, Brooklyn. or even yeah, Philly on potentially in a series over anybody, I would take them over anybody in the West right now. So I, I just think that because the West is so wide open, I think the first through nine seeds are four and a half games apart. Like, if you're the Lakers, you're one game out of the play-in right now. You don't have Anthony Davis, who was a monster before he got hurt. You you know, you just have to – they know better if he's going to be back or not. So if he has any chance of being back and LeBron is scoring 40 points in back-to-back games, you got to do but something. When you, when, you pay one, when you pay two to three stars – You're done. 
You you you're paying fifty million dollars for the whole rest of your team. Right. You got it. Play. You got no money. You got to play in the margins. You got to so hit the margins. You're you're four through twelve. You're going to be worse than everybody else. Okay. That's, but that's where I think the Lakers can always be better than everybody else because guys yes. will take less to play in the margins to go play and, for the Lakers. And what that's they've what got, what they've got is this: they've got those two picks everybody wants, and they've got salaries. Russell Westbrook, forty-seven million dollars. They got uh, Patrick Beverly and Kendrick Nunn, which is like a total like eighteen, nineteen million dollars. They got salaries to work with too. They're not completely handcuffed, but everyone knows that they've got them over a barrel a little bit because they don't want to give up both those picks. Every time you're in town doing sideline reporting for a Suns game, you are always welcome in our studios. Thank you. Good the to be here. Next time you are required to now bring one. Give me a name. Something. Give me a name. Some nice. What Paso like? Robles cab. Okay, please. Paso Robles cab is uh, done. A Paso Robles done. cab. Done. A Pinot Grigio from Italy, and I'm good. <laughs> Pinot Grigio from Italy, and I'm good. That's like my wife drinks Pinot Grigio. Okay, listen, I'm not. A, uh, Welcome to the Burns and Gambo show. What's wrong with that? that? There's nothing wrong with that. It's you know, it's not my cup of tea. Welcome right. to our show, <laughs> Mr. Lemoncello Pinot Grigio. Oh, listen, Lemoncello will be in. Yeah. PJ Carlissimo, who's you know, uh, to me, uh, the mayor of the NBA still in a lot of ways. That man, after every dinner, limoncello shots. Makes the bartender really? make limoncello really? shots after really? every dinner. Oh, so wow. don't knock limoncello. Okay. No, Grigio. It's the drink of my wedding in Italy. <laughs> I got married in Italy. No, limoncello is the drink. We appreciate you stopping by. Thanks, see you guys. Man. Take Sedano, care. You can see him tomorrow doing sidelines for the ESPN game. Suns taking on the Miami Heat. He's shooting out of here because he's got to do his own show in Los Angeles. Or from uh, the studios here in Los Angeles. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the Phoenix Suns, there was good, there was bad. At the end of the day, there was another loss. What are they going to do about it next? Burns and Gambo.